Hey everybody, it's Pastor Rob. Uh, happy Wednesday morning. Uh, it's January 20th. It's Inauguration Day. And for some of us, this is a day of great relief. For some of us, it's a great, uh, day of uh, great uh, disappointment. But for a lot of people, this entire year has been a a year and a time frame of fear and dismay. I mean, with the presidential election and Brexit and all these different things and COVID and murder hornets, all these different things, you know, a lot of feeling is coming up. And in a day like today, especially after a tumultuous few weeks right before then, it's one of those times that we have to think about tomorrow and how we're handling our fear and anxiety. So I'd like for the next four weeks for us to address the perils and anxiety that comes with the uncertainty of the time that you and I live in right now. And so the idea of this series is to discuss what the Bible says about our apprehension regarding specifically the future and how we can trust God in an un, in a changing time because he's unchanging. So in times of unpredictability, we trust an almighty unchanging God. And so we're going to divide the topics of persecution and worry. So we're going to talk about how we can remain faithful in uncertain times. So we trust God's heart and his sovereignty based on the promises of God's word. And so I hopefully you'll join us for this uh, podcast that we'll be talking about tomorrow. And so today we're going to be looking at Isaiah chapter six. So if you want to grab your Bible, real quick, Isaiah chapter 6, and we're going to be looking at the first seven verses. Okay, so Isaiah chapter 6. The Bible says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated high and lofty on his throne. At the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing above him. They each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And they called to one another, holy, holy, Holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. The foundations of the doorways shook at the sound of their voices, and the temple was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, and his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with his tongs. And he touched my mouth and said with it, Now that this has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the Lord voice asking, Who will I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. My friends, that's the word of the Lord. So uh, this story in Isaiah chapter 6 is a very interesting story, and it begins with the fact that the time frame that Isaiah points out is that it's after a good king, King Uzziah died, that Isaiah says that he finally saw the Lord. So sometimes things have to be removed. Leaders have to be removed. Situations that are comfortable for us have to be removed in order for us to finally see God. And so during the time of uncertainty in his nation's history, Isaiah was comforted by the vision of God on the throne. And so here's the thing. When we recognize that God is sovereign and that he rules every facet of our life, but also every facet of the world, we can have peace in spite of turmoil around us. You know, so it says when King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord. And this is where he saw God. He saw God seated high and on a lofty throne. And it's not like God just sat down. God has always been on the throne. My friends, God has always been on the throne, and he's there right now. So as God sits on the throne this morning, we know that the hem of his robe fills the temple, that God is over everything. 
You know, back in the Revolutionary War times here in America, there were preachers who found a way to uh, preach about civil liberties and also about the gospel at the same time. And the reason why they did that was not because every time that they didn't agree with the current leadership that they would use their pulpit as a, as a, as a soapbox, but the reason why preachers, especially during the 1700s, preached about the problems with government was because we were under the tyranny of King George. And King George was not only certifiably had some mental illness to him, he was getting crazier and crazier, but the thing that he promoted the most was the divine right of kings. He thought, and remember his title was the sovereign. And so he thought that, that sovereignty was not over the British Empire only, but over everybody in every area of life. And so when preachers in the 1700s during the Revolutionary War times were preaching, what they were preaching against was the fact that the only true sovereign is God. They weren't preaching against the fact that a political party didn't win. They weren't preaching against things that you and I fight about all the time now. They were preaching about the fact that democracy was better because democracy under a Judeo-Christian background backdrop causes us to look at God to help us have wisdom. We don't think that our political leaders are God. So Isaiah had to have this king die in order for him to finally see who God really was. And so when Isaiah is in the throne room, he sees this, these interesting creatures, heavenly creatures called the seraphim, and they had six wings. Okay, now this is important. Two covered their face, two covered their feet, and with two they flew. And I believe that this is a great analogy for how so someone who serves God, how they serve. First, they cover their face before God because they realize that God is the one that's holy. Now, this other one says that they have two that they covered their feet, that they saw that their job was to wait until God called on them, and that with two they flew. So when God ser wanted them to serve, they went out and they served. And so Isaiah saw in, in a real heavenly sense, what a servant actually did. Now, here's what the animals said, these, these, these seraphim. They said, holy, holy, holy. And we know that's one holy for the Father, one holy for the Son, and one holy for the Spirit. And then he says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. So these angelic, spiritual, heavenly creatures knew who God was. And they cried out the fact that he's separate from sin, that he is, that he's separate from everything else. He's above everything else and that he is the one that controls the entire earth. So the verses go on to say that the foundations of the doorways of this throne room shook at the sound of their voices and the temple was filled with smoke. There's a dramatic thing that's happening that Isaiah saw. And then when Isaiah sees this, when Isaiah finally sees God, and he hears the proclamation of the seraphim. He says this, woe is me. I'm ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among people of unclean lips. What happens when we finally see God for who he is and what he does and how holy he is and we see how we match up to God, it should cause us to repent immediately and recognize that we are in trouble without God. We're not in trouble if we don't, and we're not ultimately in trouble if we don't have the, the, the political party that we want in office, or we're not in trouble because things happen that we don't agree with. And sometimes these things are bad, things that we would fight for because we are American citizens. But remember, our freedom is in Christ. Our freedom as Americans is not guaranteed. And so we have to focus on our freedom in Christ. 
And so when he sees this, he recognizes that he needs to repent. He says that he has unclean lips. Remember, Isaiah's job was to be a preacher, a prophet of the gospel. He uses his lips all the time, and he says they're unclean. And he says the reason why they're unclean, and he realizes that he's among a people that are unclean, is because his eyes has finally seen the king, the Lord of armies. And so then one of the seraphim, they helped him fix the problem. They flew over. And they took coal that was on the altar in heaven. And he touched his mouth and he said, Now that this, this coal, this heavenly coal has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed and your sin is atoned for. The only hope that we have in heaven, the only hope that we have for our life to change, the only hope for our lips to be clean instead of be un being dirty is for God to forgive us and to save us from our sins. When we recognize the sovereign Lord is when we finally understand that we need him as our savior. And once we have him as our savior, the verses go on to say that, that Isaiah says, who the, the Lord asks, who will go for us? Who can we send? And Isaiah goes, send me. You're only really ready and willing to serve God once you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and once you recognize that God is on the throne. And sometimes God has to take things away in order for us to see that. In Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4, the Bible says, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the, the Lord is the rock eternal. And I wonder if Isaiah looks back on Isaiah on, on chapter 6 when he writes these words, you know, 20 chapters later, later because this life-altering experience, this encounter that he had with God's presence happened while he was worshiping in the temple. So remember, when we trust in God's sovereignty, we're trusting in his unchanging nature and his power. And it's a choice that we have if we're going to fix our minds and, and fix our eyes on him. So when we this is the most intentional way that we can fix our minds and our eyes on God. So when things don't go our way, we don't worship flags. We don't worship movements. We worship the king. The Bible also says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it is done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. And that's Psalm 33 verses 8 to 11. You know, um, Corey Ten Boom, uh, a Christian Holocaust survivor whose family was, was persecuted for helping Jews escape Nazi-occupied Holland, often had this um, piece of needlework, and she used it to demonstrate the, the trust that we should have in God's sovereignty with an all-knowing perspective. So when she flipped the, the embroidery over, you see all the messy and chaotic strings, and then when you flip it around, you see this beautiful picture. And she would say that this is what God is doing. It may look messy, but when you hold up a piece of tapestry and you hold up a piece of embroidery, you see that life is just this weaving that God does. And so she wrote this, and I want to read it to you. My life is but a weaving between God and me. I cannot choose the colors he weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow, and I in foolish pride forget he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reason why. 
The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's, weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows. He loves. He cares. Nothing this truth can dim. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. Oh, my friends, brothers and sisters, we need to pray for one another. And we need to look out for one another. And we need to hold each other accountable to the fact that God has always been on the throne and he continues to be there. It shouldn't take upheaval for us to remember that. God has always been on the throne. My friends, personally, over the last uh, few months and especially the last few weeks, I've, I've had it a, a rough time. And I, and I want to share that with you because I feel the transparency and the vulnerability of, one, of us sharing with one another helps us remain in community. And I've really been struggling with just a lot of different, uh, different emotional uh, situations and just things that I've been going through personally and professionally. Um, and I, I really have had a rough time. And so I've disconnected from uh, things that I've seen on the news, especially with politics. And I love politics uh, because it was just too much to bear. And honestly, you know what it took? It took me realizing that God has moved in such wonderful ways in my life in the past. And even in the last few weeks and months, God has done tremendous things in our ministry, in my family, um, you know, great strides in, in the lives of our kids and, and, and wins that God has performed. And it was when I looked at God that I recognized, man, I'm unclean. And I, I minister to people who are unclean. And we need to see God in order to get that, 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 that cleansing that comes. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It takes that demonstration of his love and his grace and his mercy for us to recognize he is all that we ever needed in life. He's all that we ever needed in life. Hey, can you recognize that? Jesus is all that we need. He's our true sense of freedom. Well, God bless you. Have a great day.